From faster and more accurate screening and diagnosis to offering minimally invasive procedures, advancements in medical imaging have revolutionized patient care. And for those who work with these state-of-the-art MRIs, digital x-rays, and ultrasound machines, there's a strong sense of privilege that goes with playing a key role in the patient journey. But what about the opposite? Medical imaging departments in desperate need of upgrading but unable to access the enormous amount of funding required to purchase and install new equipment. For patients, it can mean long wait times and low-quality images that may be inconclusive as to a diagnosis. For staff, it can mean frustration when aging equipment breaks down and parts can no longer be sourced. And it can also mean temptation to seek opportunities at other healthcare centers with more modern technology. Almost every patient coming into our hospital needs some sort of imaging. And it's not great when our medical professionals are hindered by broken and outdated equipment. They can't deliver the best patient care. If we can have quality equipment for our staff to use, I mean, they're using this all day, every day. If they're running into technical challenges and equipment that's breaking down and not doing what it's supposed to do, that becomes frustrating. For example, last year we had one of the pieces in our MRI unit that lets us do prostate imaging, which is fast becoming a really important part of prostate care and men in prostate cancer and prostate screening was down for many, many months. And that really limited our ability to do prostate work in our community. As the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation prepares to launch a $10 million campaign to fund all new and urgently needed diagnostic technology for the hospital, we'll explore all the considerations that go into such a major transformation. From campaign planning and fundraising to the logistical challenges of trying to move gigantic medical scanning equipment in and out of tight spaces, we'll take you behind the scenes of one of the Foundation's most wide-ranging and impactful fundraising efforts ever. This is The Power to Heal. I'm your host, Wayne Cox. In this series of podcasts, we'll focus on the many innovative ways Peace Arch Hospital, located in White Rock, British Columbia, has been an integral part of its community. We'll talk to those who were instrumental in creating new initiatives for the hospital to grow and evolve along with the town it serves. In this episode, I'll speak with two people whose expertise in medical scanning equipment has made them indispensable to the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation's Imagine campaign for new diagnostic technology. Kevin Enns is Operations Director for Lower Mainland Medical Imaging at Delta, Burnaby, Peace Arch, and Richmond Hospitals. And Dr. Bipan Sanga, Head of Radiology at Peace Arch Hospital. Joining us is Kate Ludlam, Director of Philanthropy at Peace Arch Hospital Foundation and lead for the Foundation's campaign for new medical imaging equipment. Well, first I'd like to ask Dr. Sanga and Kevin Enns to tell us just a little bit about themselves and how they entered what I assume to be technically challenging and demanding field. Dr. Sanga, I'll start with you. For me, it started pretty early on in medical school. In our first year, we had the opportunity to shadow physicians. And one of the times I was out shadowing, I met a neuroradiologist and interventional radiologist working out of Children's Hospital named Dr. Raju Heron, who, while I was shadowing him, was able to diagnose a 
pretty rare occurrence of a stroke in a child. Probably never seen another case since I've been in uh, radiology. And then he's able to treat the same patient within the hour. And that really had a powerful effect on me being able to see the opportunity for medical imaging to both diagnose and treat conditions that are really important and life-threatening. And from that point on, I sort of like geared myself into going into medical imaging. And here I am now. And Kevin, I understand you were once an x-ray technologist yourself. How did your career path lead to operations director with Fraser Health? And what does that role entail? Yeah, so I've been with the medical imaging program now for a little over 20 years. As you mentioned, I started as an x-ray technologist back in 2002. And so I worked frontline technologist role for a number of years, getting to you know the patient care side of things. And over time, I progressed into a couple of supervisory roles and started to sort of see what the administrative side of healthcare management was all about. I took my first management role in around 2013, and, and I really liked that side of things. I liked being able to see sort of what goes on behind the scenes of our healthcare system and, and what we can do from a strategic standpoint. So kind of seeing that uh, my future was taking me in a bit of a more administrative role, I, I went back to school after many years away. So that was a bit of a challenge, but it was a good challenge. And I went and got a master's in business, which I completed just towards the end of 2020. And that was just kind of right in time as I got this latest role that I'm in now as an operations director. So now I'm still very much involved with the day-to-day operations of the medical imaging departments, but get to look at it from a broader lens and maybe more of a strategic direction. Do you sometimes miss having the opportunity to have the hands-on that you used to have as a technologist? You know, certainly I do. Of course, that's why I got into this field in the first place, right? Now, if I could still do it all, I certainly would. You know, as Dr. Sanga already alluded to, the therapeutic side or the treatment side of medical imaging is something that always really drew me in as well. And I worked some time as an interventional radiology technologist. And I've often said if I did things differently or if any regrets, I wish I could do that more because I really enjoyed that hands-on side and the patient impact that we can really see in front of us in the world of medical imaging. So, yeah, part of me definitely misses that. Well, Kevin, you know, many of us uh, have needed, and uh, I include myself, or will need medical imaging at some point in our lives, and for some people quite a few times. But I doubt if a lot of people could make a clear distinction between the various scanning technologies available today. Now, could you give us just a brief overview of the pieces of equipment at Peace Arch Hospital and the ones they are looking to upgrade? For instance, an MRI reveals something, I I would imagine, something totally different than an X-ray would. Yeah, certainly. In medical imaging, we have quite a broad spectrum of services that we do often. You know, I might invite Dr. Sanga to elaborate on this when I'm done, uh, certainly from a medical lens. But looking at the services that we do provide in medical imaging, as you mentioned, you know, of course, we talk about being an x-ray department. We have our CT scanners, MRI, ultrasound, echo, nuclear medicine, breast imaging, and more. And so really, we have several distinctly different services that we offer within the broader medical imaging department all of which very much rely on technology and the uh, equipment that we have to help us perform our jobs. So at Peace Arch Hospital, for example, you know, we provide all of those services that I just listed. And, you know, each one of those, we have aging equipment in our x-ray departments. We have aging MRI scanner, aging equipment in our mammography department, in our ultrasound and others. And so it's a challenge to keep up with this for a couple of reasons. And one is of course, cost of capital, the equipment that we use is very high tech. It's not cheap stuff. And so that's one of the challenges. 
we're talking about big pieces of equipment too. This is major capital. This is not something that's just plug and play for the most part. And so often requires extensive facility investments as well and renovations. So lots of challenges in keeping up with the modern technology. As I said, I would certainly invite uh, Dr. Sanga to really speak to some of those differences that you asked for with the different modalities. Doctor, we'll throw it over to you at that point. How do you see it? We use various different imaging modalities within our radiology department. I think we need to replace a lot of those. During this campaign, we're looking to replace our x-ray machine, our mammography unit, our fluoroscopy unit, our nuclear medicine camera, as well as our MR and our ultrasound machines. So it's really almost like a full-scale change-up of almost all the equipment in our department. And in terms of how things are different, you know, almost every single imaging modality that we have is a little bit different. So I think you mentioned X-ray. That's pretty much one of our most basic imaging modalities that we have, probably one of the first imaging modalities that was created back in the late 1800s. And it's really a simple concept, you know, the same way that if you put your hand up against a wall and then light hits your hand and creates a shadow on a wall. It's sort of the same way that x-rays work. And we send them through and they go past through your hand and they create an image on the other side of the bones of your hand and gives a little bit of detail about the soft tissues around them. And so if you break your hand, the break in the bone will actually let those x-rays through and let us be able to see that. And so that sort of forms the basis of one of the most common reasons that we do x-rays, which is for, you know, for broken bones or arthritis. We also can use that same technology in areas such as the chest where x-rays will pass through air, for example, in your lungs. But if you get an infection, let's say like you know, over the last couple of years in COVID, instead of having nice clear lungs filled with air, you get infection and inflammation. X-rays let us see that very quickly. Versus an MRI, which uses much more specialized imaging techniques of you know, using these very, very large, loud magnets. And every single atom, you know, like the Earth has a magnetic field, each one of the atoms that make up our body, you know, those billions of atoms each also have a little magnetic field in them as well. And so those large magnets, when they change very quickly, if they're doing that scanner, they create small, tiny changes in every single one of those atoms. And those changes are so tiny that it takes a machine up to 30 minutes, sometimes 45 minutes to amplify that signal so that we can actually create an image. So one of the basic things between x-ray and MRI is also is an x-ray takes a second and an MRI can take up to 45 minutes to an hour to just get done. So that's one of the basics of what separates those two things. I know having had an MRI, I always wondered what all that banging around was. So <laughs> that's what it's all about. Now, with more modern equipment, are you going to be able to perhaps speed up the time of the imaging. I know we had in one of our earlier episodes of the podcast, a young woman told us that there were some wait times and backups for patients waiting for this equipment. Do you think with the modern equipment that could speed things up a bit? You know, I think definitely some of the new equipment that we get, for example, almost all the new MRIs that we'd be getting to replace the MRI that we have currently, which is about you know 13 to 14 years old. You know, the imaging sequences in MRI are definitely a little bit faster and they save you sort of minutes here and there and they're a bit more comfortable for the patient as well. Same thing with a new mammography unit that we want to get. The imaging ability for those units is a bit faster. But I think the best in terms of speaking to wait lists, I'll let uh, Kevin talk more about that because that's a much more complex issue, I think, than just the speed of the machines. Yeah, I can add to that. There are efficiencies to be gained with the new equipment, as you spoke to, shorter sequence times and smaller scan times. So we certainly feel that. We do see some small gains, even just in, in efficiencies in our workflows as well. We're seeing new automation with our X-ray technology. Dr. Sanga mentioned, you know, the X-ray field itself has been around for a long time, right? That's a, the backbone of uh, radiology for over 100 years. 
and that the use of the x-rays has stayed the same, but we're now seeing great advances in the technology now with automation too, that makes it more user-friendly for our technologist staff that are imaging the patients. So not only can they use automation and auto positioning to get that large heavy equipment into place without having to reach up and manage the heavy equipment and leads to musculoskeletal injuries for our staff, that part has been greatly reduced. The user interfaces on these new pieces of equipment, as you'd see with any new laptop or phone, you know, every time you get it, it's a little bit more efficient. There's new tools to make your life just a little bit easier, right? So we are seeing our teams become more efficient and not only more efficient, but also it's more enjoyable for our teams, right? That they like to use this equipment. It gets some of those small hurdles out of the way and allows them to focus on the patient care side of their work, which of course is the value add work that they do. So all of that said, we still have the challenge of supply and demand that is something that isn't going to go away anytime soon. We know there's a tremendous demand on our whole healthcare community within medical imaging and outside. And we have a long list of patients that need our services. So replacement of equipment will not eliminate those wait lists, but certainly it is a step in the right direction to make us as efficient as we possibly can be. And Kevin, right across the country, we're seeing staffing problems at a number of hospitals. And now with the newer equipment, do you think that would attract more technologists to apply to work at the hospital like Peace Arch if they had more modern equipment? You know, I think it certainly does. If not the recruitment, then certainly the retention. If we can have quality equipment for our staff to use, I mean, remember, they're using this all day, every day. If they're running into technical challenges and equipment that's breaking down and not doing what it's supposed to do, that becomes frustrating and that type of thing is taxing on people, right? And so being able to take some of those minor inconveniences out of our team's day, again, allows them to focus their efforts on providing the care to the patients and not having to spend that time battling with equipment that maybe isn't operating at an optimal capacity. So I do certainly believe there's value in recruitment and then even more so in the retention of the team that we have. Physician standpoint, and again, maybe Dr. Sang can speak to this. I know there's members of our team now and the radiologist team at PSARCH that have spoken exactly to that. There's particular pieces of equipment historically that have brought them to PSARCH. And that's something that we want to build upon that if we can put in a nice new MRI scanner, for example, that I think it helps from a radiologist recruitment standpoint very much. So, Kevin, now how old are these devices, though? I mean, can they not be fixed or is it time and they have to be replaced? It's kind of like... Uh, with an older car or an older computer, it doesn't matter how well it's maintained, eventually it reaches end of life. I give very much credit to our biomedical engineering team. They work wonders on some of these older pieces of equipment to keep them going and to keep them performing as they do. But certainly there is an end of life, a natural end of life for all of this equipment. The Canadian Association of Radiologists, they create sort of standards for an expected lifespan of all these different pieces of equipment. And, you know, the standard timeline for most high-use pieces of equipment for general radiography, for example, is about 10 to 12 years for a high-use piece of equipment. They suggest around 8 to 10 years for a high-use CT scanner. Now, in the public sector, we push our equipment much further than that. We really try to maximize our capacity. And as I said, our biomed teams do a great job of keeping them going. But we get to a point where the technology just can't keep up with the service anymore. And there is such great technology being developed and new imaging techniques that we can utilize with this new equipment. It's not just a matter of keeping our existing equipment going, but how can we enhance our service and the quality of the diagnostic images that we're creating with this new modern technology that's out there. And so it really is more than anything, a quality piece that we know we can provide a better service with this new, more reliable, more high-tech pieces of equipment. 
And Dr. Senga, it must be frustrating for you and your staff when you do come up against things like uh, equipment breakdowns. How does that affect your work? Yeah, I think it can be quite frustrating, and it's really frustrating to see that effect that it has on the community. Kevin was speaking on, you know, our biomed technicians are really great at keeping our equipment going, but even they have limits. For example, last year we had um, one of the pieces in our MR unit that lets us do prostate imaging, which is fast becoming a really important part of prostate care in men and prostate cancer and prostate screening, was down for many, many months, and that really limited our ability to do prostate work in our community and had an adverse effect, I think, for that time. Similarly, I think it's frustrating for us, you know, our mammography unit is a little bit older. Even our patients who come from our screening units into our actual hospital unit, you know, notice the difference and that can be tough. But it's also very exciting to know that the foundation at PCRT has already funded us for a new mammography unit where not only are we able to, you know, do the best diagnostic imaging possible, we're able to add additional features for example, something called tomosynthesis, which lets us create almost 3D-like images of women's breasts and able to detect breast cancers faster and sooner and get them treated and hopefully improve outcomes for our patient community. Imagine you're waiting for an MRI scan to see if the mass found near your colon is cancer. Or one of your parents is on a waiting list to be assessed for osteoporosis treatment. Or what if your child has had an upset stomach for eight months and you're waiting on an x-ray to find out what's wrong? Sadly, this waiting game is the current reality for many people in the White Rock, South Surrey area who turn to Peace Arch as their community hospital. As everyone involved in the fundraising effort knows, time is precious and the need for new medical imaging equipment at Peace Arch Hospital is urgent. Kate Ludlam, haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> we wanted to set the scene as to what was going on with uh, the equipment at Peace Arch Hospital. You are the director of philanthropy, and uh, Peace Arch Foundation is launching a campaign to try and replace some of these aging devices. You have set a very ambitious target. You hope to raise how much money? <laughs> Well, yeah, it is pretty ambitious, Wayne. It's a $10 million goal, but we have tremendous confidence in our ability to engage our community. And we've recruited a stellar group of volunteers who are very passionate and committed to our hospital and to this campaign. We know it's going to be a success. Most importantly, we know that our donors and the community at large will recognize these medical imaging needs are critical for our hospital and for the effective delivery of imaging services and healthcare to our residents. We feel really confident that our community is going to embrace this campaign. Well, we've certainly seen this community come together and answer the call with the uh, new emergency board and the operating rooms above that. That was a very successful campaign. And I guess you're just hoping that people will open their hearts and their wallets and help out again. Yeah, we sure are. You know, this is a very significant effort for our organization. It takes a tremendous amount of planning. You know, at the very center of this effort is our community. Their giving will ensure that the physicians like Dr. Sanga and the operational managers like Kevin have the right imaging equipment to deliver with the best care. And that's the most important thing. That's what we're really focused on right now. That seems to be the role of the foundation for people who aren't familiar with it. The provincial government has a budget for everything medical, but there are certain things that aren't covered. And isn't that where the foundation comes in? And it 
would come in on things like equipment. Yeah, that's very true. We work really closely with the leadership at the hospital and the leadership at Fraser Health to understand what the priority needs are for our hospital and in our community. And that's where we can help. That's where philanthropy can really make a difference. Kevin, you're the operations director at four of Fraser Health's lower mainland sites, including Peace Arch Hospital. And you've seen firsthand the difference between the older and the newer medical scanning technology. How far advanced is this new equipment? Is it like night and day? If you were to replace an old piece of scanning equipment at Peace Arch with the brand new one, would it be abundantly obvious that, you know, you've made a major step here? Well, it certainly can be at times. Some of those equipment, when they come out with really uh, drastically new technology, you know, Dr. Sanga already spoke a little bit to our improvements that we're seeking for our mammography unit, and that is bringing a new technology into play, and that's that breast homosynthesis. So that's really a game changer in that. That is technology. Not only are we maybe improving image quality incrementally, and maybe improving our efficiency incrementally, this is something where we're bringing in a new diagnostic tool that we just simply didn't have before. And so we're not only are we looking at greater diagnosis for cancers, we're looking at more effective diagnosis. So there's fewer false positives. So we're bringing women back less frequently for additional scanning. There's less unnecessary biopsies. We're really improving the overall quality of care for patients in that example. Another example is the fluoroscopy machine that we're looking to replace at Peace Arch Hospital. The old unit that we have in place now, I mean, it served its purpose well in its time. It's what we refer to as an overhead fluoroscopy carriage unit. It's a more of a traditional structure, but it's limited in its capabilities. So not only is it uh, limited in its sort of reliability now that it's an aging piece of equipment, but it uses more radiation dose for the same purposes. It doesn't have the same capabilities as the new units that we're looking to purchase. So this new unit that we're looking to bring into Peace Arch Hospital uses sort of a a C-arm technology. And the difference being that the X-ray source and detector can rotate at any different angle around the patient. So it gives us a much greater flexibility and, and much greater opportunity for advanced services that we just simply couldn't offer with the previous piece of equipment. So in those two examples right there, I'd say, yes, Wayne, this is absolutely night and day for that equipment. And I think we're seeing that more and more with as different generations of this equipment comes out, Uh, even for our ultrasound units, they don't look a lot different from the outside, but the penetration power of those ultrasound units is significantly improved with each iteration. And so we're able to see much more clearly the imaging that we're providing, especially if we have challenging patients, if we have larger patients or patients involved in traumas or patients in the ICU where it's not just a straightforward case. Those are the ones where the imaging can be very challenging to produce diagnostic imaging. And that's where having the best technology at our fingertips is a huge asset. So with every one of our capital replacements, we are seeing a significant improvement in the overall quality of the examination not only for the patients, but also for the technologists and certainly the radiologists in reading those exams. They bring enhanced quality. It's more accurate diagnosis, more efficient workflows. As I said, we're seeing a reduction in radiation dose to the patients and to the staff and really just an overall improved patient experience. So though sometimes it's maybe a a bit of an iterative advancement in technology and sometimes it's quite monumental, I think each time we do that, we are truly improving the care that we can provide to our patients. And uh, Dr. Sanga, as Kevin points out here, I'm sure this also equates to a higher comfort level for patients 
when they're dealing with this new machinery. Yeah, most definitely, Wayne. I think, as Kevin alluded to, every iteration of this new technology that gets created, they definitely try to address patient comfort. For example, uh, you know, new MRI machines tend to be a little bit quieter. So you talked about having MRI done, it was very loud. They try to reduce how loud those machines are. They try to make the tables themselves a little bit more comfortable. I know our new mammography unit has paddles and designed to try to limit the pain associated with compression when mammography is being performed. All these imaging technologies tend to be a little bit more, take patient comfort into greater consideration with newer advanced technology. And uh, just on a personal note, uh, the MRI that I went through, not only was it the banging and banging, but I found out very quickly that I was claustrophobic. And it was pointed out to me that perhaps the newer MRI machinery gave patients a little more room, which I would have really welcomed. I'll tell you that. Yeah, most definitely. The newer machines try to give patients a little bit more room in that donut of the MRI. Also, patients, when they do get a base anxious within that MRI scanner, they can move a little bit more, they can breathe a little bit faster, and newer machines, you know, take that into account. They have technology built in that accounts for those little movements and allows us to see the images much more clear. So if we compare our machines to, let's say, the machines that are newer within Fraser Health, we can definitely notice that those images in the newer machines are much more crisp. They let us make diagnoses a bit more accurately. Kevin, while we're on that topic, what would the price tag be for a new MRI machine? This is where it gets really tricky, Wayne, because we're finding with the drastically rising costs of construction and the supply chain challenges that we're all experiencing right now, the actual cost of the capital, the equipment itself, is becoming far less than the cost of the renovations or the construction that's required and in the replacement. So you might have an MRI scanner that's worth $1.4, $1.5 million, and it might be part of a 5 or $6 million project overall. And that's where we've become really challenged really for the past number of years, and we're seeing this now become especially challenging in the last two years with the rising costs, in that it's hard to bring forward a piece of capital for a certain price and then come to the understanding and explain to the decision makers that, well, I actually need three times that much money to put the project into place. And I must say, this has been quite refreshing working with the Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, that they understand this challenge that we have, you know, and that they understand that with these rising costs of construction, not only are we going to require more funds to put these projects through, it takes more time. There are construction legs, there are supply legs. You know, when we have such generous donors and such an ambitious foundation that we have with Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, I almost feel bad sometimes that I can't answer to their generosity as fast as I'd like to because these projects are just very complex and challenging. But we are um, working with our facilities teams within the health authorities to try to find ways to create efficiencies within our projects. But the reality is that with the very rapid escalation of costs in the construction industry right now and with the growing supply chain challenges, we are finding that the cost of capital is making up often only one quarter to one third of the total project costs. And I'm thinking, too, that, you know, you talk about new machinery coming in, but old machinery has to go out. Some of these pieces of equipment are extremely large. Does that mean taking down walls and removing part of the hospital to get the old out and the new in? Yeah, it certainly does. PSARCH is a good example. We have an aging MRI scanner. And what I think most people don't understand about MRI, it's quite unique in the way that it's built. And the magnet that comes in a single piece, not assembled within the room, a single piece that comes into the building is brought in by a crane. It's generally about eight feet by eight feet by eight feet and weighs about 12 to 14,000 pounds. 
So we are talking about a massive piece of equipment. We often have trouble even just finding hallways that are big enough to transport this in. It often gets craned into its location. We'll have to tear down an exterior wall of some kind to make room for this eight by eight unit to come through. It might mean either defacing the front of an MRI department to make room for it to slide through, or there might be a punch-out panel in the actual MRI wall that was created originally. But it is extensive construction. Even with the best planning, there is a lot of work in construction and facilities work that goes into moving this equipment in and out. But I'm thinking everyone is saying, oh, but it's so worth it. So worth it. Yeah, Kate, this brings in uh, these extra steps that Kevin's talking about. This has to impact your budgeting and your fundraising. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, we have a, such a generous community that is relying on us to deliver the truth about these projects. And we rely on people like Kevin, as he says. And I know sometimes he can be frustrated and, and we get frustrated too. It just, the information sometimes takes a while to get to us, but we've got a history of delivering amazing campaigns for this community that has transformed care at the hospital. We have no doubt that uh, we will do this again. Our initial commitment is $10 million, and we're just going to have to wait and see where the budgets end up. We have heard, and Kevin has shared with us many times, that the renovation costs are escalating, and we will just have to do our best. And we always say that when we run campaigns, you know, we do our best. But again, I would reiterate, we have such a generous community that we feel really confident that we're going to get to our goal. And Kate, the community of ours here, a number of people in the White Rock area, the population is growing by leaps and bounds and a shifting demographic too. So I'm sure all of these things you have to take into consideration when you get into a fundraising event like this. Yeah, you know, we live in a very desirable community. It's uh, great schools, there's a thriving business area and wonderful recreation opportunities. So you just have to look around the White Rock South Surrey area and just see the rapid growth, the new homes that are being built, townhouses and condos. It just doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. And we know that sometimes municipal governments who are really driving this growth don't necessarily talk to the provincial authority who's responsible for delivering health care. So new folks are moving into the community, but the breadth of health care services has not been expanded or enhanced to support these needs. So this rapid population growth can really overwhelm our hospital. And then if you throw in a pandemic, it just places tremendous pressure on our health care system. But I would say this is where philanthropy can really ease some of the burden. You know, our campaign will fund a number of significant pieces of imaging equipment, and this will transform what we can do for the patients coming to our hospital. The impact of this transformation will be monumental for our hospital and for our community for today and for the next decade. So it's a very, very exciting time. Lots of work ahead of us, no doubt, but it's a pretty exciting time. And Dr. Sanga, I'm told that you're playing an active role in this campaign to raise uh, funds for the new imaging equipment at Peace Arch. Are you uh, having garage sales at your place? Or what can we look forward to? If Kate asked me, I would definitely be up to offering a place up for a garage sale. But I think not just myself, but a number of the radiologists, one of our nearest hires, Dr. Hamid Basseri, Drs. Jeff Hagel and Eleanor Clark, who've been a part of the White Rock community for a long time, are also involved. We're doing our best to you know, do tours for 
donors of the needs in our medical engineering department, speaking at donor events, just trying to be present for any events that Research Foundation puts on. It's really rewarding. Obviously, we see that this is going to be helping patient care, and we hope to be helping out the foundation in this way for not only this medical imaging campaign, but for all future campaigns as well. Well, doctor, we thank you very much. And Kate, a last word for you. The essential component of any successful fundraising campaign is a call to action. Now, for the people who are listening to this podcast, what can they do to help and how can they go about doing it? Well, you know, Wayne, almost every patient coming into our hospital needs some sort of imaging. And it's not great when our medical professionals are hindered by broken and outdated equipment. They can't deliver the best patient care. And I've heard stories of patients who've had an appointment, perhaps for months. Maybe they've had to do some preparation for the procedure. They get into the scanning room and the equipment breaks down. And I think about the impact on the patient and their family Maybe they are waiting for a cancer diagnosis. Maybe they're waiting for chronic pain relief. Maybe they are waiting to see if a care treatment plan is working for them. We know this is not acceptable. It has to change. And our campaign looks to not only make it better, but to make it great. So I would say if anybody is interested in getting involved, either as a donor or volunteer, please reach out to our organization. I'd love to have a conversation. You can visit our website, you can follow us on social media or become a donor and you'll be updated on our progress. Well, Kate, I thank you very much. Dr. Sanga, thank you for your time. And Kevin, always interesting to hear what you have on the plate. And we thank you all for sharing all your thoughts. I can't imagine a more worthwhile cause that will impact so many people in our area. And uh, we will accept that call to action, Kate, and let's get it done. The Power to Heal podcast presented by Peace Arch Hospital Foundation in White Rock, British Columbia, takes you behind the scenes of an innovative hospital foundation and introduces you to the team who find new and sometimes surprising ways to engage with the local community and help fund the best health care possible in the region. Since 1988, the foundation has raised over $195 million for capital projects, medical equipment, and community health programs. Their passionate and caring team's number one priority is the prudent stewardship of your gifts and the resulting positive impact on patients and medical staff at Peace Arch Hospital and the entire White Rock South Surrey community. Peace Arch Hospital Foundation, where innovation comes to life in so many ways. It's only a matter of time before you or someone you love will require medical imaging at Peace Arch Hospital. And the time to be part of our medical imaging department upgrades is now. With your help, we know that we can make it happen. Every donation, no matter the amount, will bring us closer to our goal. Did you know an increasingly popular and convenient choice for giving is monthly donations? Just sign up once and the rest is automatic. And that includes receiving a consolidated tax receipt at the end of the year. But no matter what giving option you choose, it all matters. And it all makes a difference. For more information or to make a donation, visit us today at pahfoundation.ca. That's P-A-H-F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N dot C-A. Thanks for listening to The Power to Heal. Watch for new episodes next year wherever you get your favorite podcasts.